Good afternoon, Baltimore. Good afternoon, Afro folks. Beautiful people, you're now rocking with the best in black culture, black uh, urban love for the city of Baltimore. We're here, the show about tomorrow, where we discuss the topics of today that impacts our tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been uh, such a uh, wonderful way to start off the year 2020 with us refreshing ourselves about all that the, the community needs and how we can continue to be the best versions of, of ourselves. Uh, Baltimore is a city uh, deeply rooted with a lot of love, a lot of culture, a lot of folks that believe in the best for themselves. And it's important for us as a community to come together and be together and love together, learn together, live together, and build in a way that's conducive for the young people coming behind us. This show is a spearhead of the Legacy Alliance. We wanna give a shout out to the Legacy Alliance uh, as they're working with the Morgan State University, the Afro LTYC from Baltimore with love. We are coming here together to speak about some topics and issues that concern us, that concern the community, that concern the next day of tomorrow. Our topics will always be centered around the future of black families in Baltimore. So, you know, I wanna introduce you guys to a couple of folks that are very important to me and very important to the city. Uh, folks that will lead the city's culture and movements for the next 10, 15, 20 years and many more to come. To my right, I have the wonderful, the illustrious, the brilliant, the smart, the talented, the exceptional leader, Lady Breon. Hey, everybody. To my left, I have a Renaissance man in his own right, uh, an activist, a leader, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, a businessman, uh, a smart artist, a rapper, a singer, a poet, a writer, and uh, his leadership in the city as a legend of, of hip hop movement and culture is unmatched. Blow the spot, Mr. Easy Jackson. Yes, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Well, I thought this it was afternoon. this afternoon. This afternoon. Okay, yeah. good. It's a, it's a it's an artist morning. It's an artist, yeah. Artists, yeah, that part, artists, that don't, that wake up, artists don't wake up till twelve o'clock. Well, not and ask for breakfast. Right. Absolutely. Who got the pancakes at twelve thirty? At twelve thirty. So you know, uh, today, you know, we want to talk about a few topics that are you know really permeating the, the community. We're going to discuss today with the Legacy Alliance and Mr. Richard Norman. He's our guest today. But right now, we want to talk about leading the community, the black voices, the folks in the community who have really just, you know, been around. You know, Baltimore people, man, are very resilient. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. I've learned that, uh, you know, with uh, the black voices in the community, mm -hmm. we have to plug into those who have a voice, but also we must be the ones to plug into those who are voiceless. Right. And so it's oftentimes we only want to put a spotlight or attention on those who we believe have platform and intelligence mm -hmm. and influence, mm -hmm. but there are those who are in the community crying out, man, that mm -hmm. we need to always connect with. What do you think about that? I was just talking about the other day how, you know, people always say, uh, you know, we need to do something about the violence in the city. We need to do something about the violence in the city. And the more you listen, a lot of times they are kind of negating or ignoring the fact that there have always been people trying to do something about the violence in the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's indicative of the resilience of the city like you talk about because the, a lot of groups just regardless of who shows up or who helps out, they just continue to do it. On the way here today, I saw a family on the corner of North and Greenmount with Stop the Violence signs wow. and pictures of, you know, uh, of, you know, people who passed and stuff. And there might have been six or seven of them. 
on North and Greenbelt. You know what I mean? So continuing that movement, doing yeah, whatever they can yeah, do. Yeah, whatever they can do in yeah. their part. You know, yeah. one of my one of my old, one of my mentors, John Reed, uh, was a union organizer. He used to say the best way to change the world is if you clean up your corner. Wow. If I clean up yeah. my corner, then the guy across the street is going to be kind of embarrassed because his corner is looking messy. And then both of those corners are clean. So now the two corners across the street there, See? you know what I mean? It's See? just that chain reaction. So yeah, and it's infectious. It's a, it's a thing that passed on. You know, we can we influence each other more than we know. Absolutely. You know, peer peer influence, community influence. You know, um, you know. What do you think about that? Just you know, the the city and how these, you know, separate energies and movements are taking place. I mean, yeah, I completely agree with what Easy said. I think that sometimes people make an assumption like that people are not moving in their own, you know, communities and their own specific locales, but I think Baltimore is just proof that that's not true. Like yeah. there's so many people who are moving in their different ways. And if you're not rooted in community, if you're not connected, you would never see it. And I think that too often, like we have this inclination to gravitate towards the charismatic leader, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, the person mm -hmm. who sounds the most intelligent, who can make the thing look sexy, package it in a way yeah. that, you know what I mean, is the attractive thing. But there's so many people who got the grit and the grind and they don't care about the respectability politics. They too yeah. busy doing the work. Yeah. They too busy getting it done. And I mean, um, it's unfortunate that we are so trained to like gravitate towards those pretty images rather mm -hmm. than the people who are doing what needs to be done. So I agree. Yeah, the, I mean, everything is going to have a grassroots, a foundation. Right. Every every start is going to have the folks that are motivated, the resilient folks, Absolutely. Uh, the folks that really you know uh, are in the nooks and crannies of it all. I mean, you say things like you on the way down the, on a, a Saturday afternoon and folks are out there, you yeah. know, spending time putting messages out. Mm -hmm. That's important. It's, it's strategic for us, you know, as our team. We wanted guys to start this show uh, to give on, on purpose, man. First day of Black History Month oh, yeah. so that we can in, intentionalize our uh, love and focus on the future of the black family in Baltimore. You'll hear us saying that a lot. That is the focus of the show about tomorrow. Again, we're going to give a shout out to the Legacy Alliance, Morgan State, the Afro, uh, LTYC, all of the folks that are working together with uh, the future of black families in Baltimore. So I want to ask you guys something. You know, and, uh, you know, hopefully you guys that are viewing will be able to chime in and tell us what you're thinking. I want to play a game with you guys called Finish the Phrase. Uh, I'm going to throw out a phrase and you guys fill it in with one word, two words, many words as you believe to fill in that blank. Now I'm going to throw it to you first, Easy. Black voices in Baltimore are inconvenient to white structures. Mm. Sheesh. Give us, give us some more. Give us some more. Uh, black voices are. Yeah, give us some more about that. The, about the inconvenience to white structure. Tell us a little. Um, bit about that. I think like just the, the conversation that we're having a lot around white privilege, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, I I'm a person. I have many friends of many backgrounds. I have many white friends, and <clears throat> I'm I'm noticing that there's a discomfort when you talk about something that. A white, a white voice will say, I had nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? I was not I was not a slave master. I was not, I didn't do that. But yet you benefit from the structure that was created. You know what I mean? You're benefiting from it every day, every second. Yeah. So I, I noticed that when we get too loud or when we get too angry or they say too sensitive, uh, it's because 
the voices are inconvenient to white structures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Breon, uh, black voices in Baltimore are? They are loud, they yeah. are beautiful, mm-hmm. and they are necessary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell us, tell us, tell us some more about the, 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 uh, the necessariness. If that's a word. Is that a word? Necessariness. We're coining it yeah, right yeah. now. The, tell us more about the necessariness. I mean, I, I feel like it's so connected to what Easy was just saying, but I think too often uh, black voices are relegated to the background. These are, you know what I mean? Even in a black city, these voices are still marginalized, um, but they're necessary in shaping um, the trajectory of how this city moves forward. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, sometimes we got to be that loud interruption in the room where we're like, mm, this conversation is not what it needs to be. Yeah. There are people who are not included. There are stories that are not here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is like we, we have to be loud and yeah. it's beautiful yeah. and it's on purpose yeah. and it needs yeah. to continue. You you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I think, you know, and as a poet, you know, yeah. got to be loud. 100%. And necessary at the same time. Loud and strong, <laughs> and, strong. And, and articulate and also with, like you said, you know, beautiful. That's a that's a it's word beautiful. about love. That's a word about love. You know, that's the one thing that we're, we're missing in all of the movements and everything that we're doing is really about love. Absolutely. It's really doing it with, with love. So we're going to put that out to you guys. Any folks that's checking in with us right now, and again, you're now rocking with the best in black urban culture in Baltimore. We're talking about the future of black families. Check in with us. If you have something you want to add to this conversation, feel free to do that at hashtag black voices, hashtag about tomorrow. This is the show about tomorrow with Dermel, Easy Jackson, Lady Breon. Uh, we want to do uh, a remix of our guest segment, which we call in uh, From Baltimore with Love. With and love. today, from With Love, with the L-O-V-E. And today, uh, we, we're going to spend that time talking with our, our host, Breon Easy, about the work that they're doing in the community, their lives, and how they're being pushed to serve uh, Baltimore at large, the community at large, but also the people in every community, every neighborhood, from every nook and cranny, uh, with their every zone, every zone, every every every, every block district, block. block by block, brick by brick, city by city, it's all of that. Breon, yes. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing right now. You have some exciting things on the horizon. Tell the folks about absolutely. What you're doing. Okay, so. Um, Professionally, I'm a spoken word artist. Yeah, yes, you um, are. Yes, yes, you are. I am. Oh, no, but you spoken word Yes, 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 you are. Zen. Yes. Um, uh, but more recently, I have been working with a coalition of organizations in West Baltimore to designate what is now, we're six months old, uh, Maryland's first Black Arts and Entertainment District, right? Wow. So, yes, yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. Yes. yes. You know, it's been an amazing journey. And so for those that don't know, Baltimore has three other arts and entertainment districts and the state of Maryland has 27 other arts and entertainment districts. But out of all 28, there's only one that is dedicated to the African-American experience, right? Black cultural production, black creatives, black cultural practitioners, artistic practitioners, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, we are along the Pennsylvania Avenue corridor, right? So it's 149 acres designated in West Baltimore, um, specifically doing that work. So we exist to be a hub for black artists, black creators. Um, we exist to shift the conversation around equity in the arts community. We exist to build a platform um, for black creatives to be able to thrive within the arts ecosystem and creative economy in this city. Give, give us a, give the, and give the viewing audience and give uh, Easy and myself and the folks in the room, give us an idea of what that 
that that I guess that indignation of the line is. It starts mm-hmm. from what street to what street? Absolutely. So Fulton in Pennsylvania, okay, down to Dolphin in Pennsylvania, and okay. then about three blocks respectively east and west. What love it, love it. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved in this? How did you? So, to be honest, um, as an artist in the city, and I also work with Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle, which is a grassroots political think tank. Um, oh, wonderful I, work. Absolutely. So, it's like I stand, I, I like to call myself an artist because I like stand mm. at the intersection of like art and activism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as this kind of creative organizer, I, mm-hmm. I'm in certain rooms and oftentimes I look around and I'm the only one like me mm-hmm. in the room. And mm-hmm. so, an example of that was the Mayor's Task Force for Safe Arts, mm-hmm. which was created after the ghost ship fire out in Oakland cities around the nation kind of created these task forces to figure out how do we make um, arts more safe and more accessible in our cities so I learned a few black artists in the room and when they asked the question my response was if you want to make arts more accessible in a black city we need to really consider creating this Black Arts District. 100%. You know what I'm saying? That people have been advocating for for so long. You're talking about like 30 years in the making, right? Yes, yes. And they kind of look at me like, "Mm, that's cute. Symbolic gesture. Uh You know? And my response was, it's nothing symbolic about Station North, right? Mm -hmm. Where one of the largest arts, outdoor arts festival happens every year. There's nothing symbolic about that. And so we need to make that happen in West Baltimore. And at the time, Mayor Pugh, um, you know, when the suggestions were made, there was some enthusiasm around that. Easy was in the room. You know what I mean? She gave a little green light and I was like oh that's all I needed and I just started you know what I mean I just ran with it and and, and I connected to um, all of these like I said organizations in West Baltimore who were already excited already doing a lot of amazing work and I just came in the room like I want to be a worker bee I just want to plug into what's already happening and I want to push us forward because I think I have a process that we can go through to really actualize this vision and that's what happened I mean you're a trailblazer you're one I mean you're awesome you're a trailblazer on this and this and how What's the next step in this process of, what, of, of the building and revitalizing this black art? And I say that word on purpose, and you know oh, why? Because I want you to give the viewing audience and give ourselves some history about, uh, I mean, because back in the day, you had the Cap Calloways and the Billy Holidays. Absolutely. And the, I mean, these folks heavy in the black arts. Yeah. So tell us, you know. I mean, you know, when you think about Pennsylvania Avenue and its kind of storied legacy, you had the Royal Theater, which was at one point, you know, a black-owned, black-operated space, right? You had the first black-owned movie theater on Pennsylvania Avenue, right on the corner of Penn North. You know what I mean? Shake and Bake used to be the Regent Theater. Like, I mean, it was so many black-operated spaces along Pennsylvania Avenue that were dedicated to arts and entertainment. Um, it was Even the first black-run medical institute was right in this area. So, I mean, it was a place where, um, you know, black folks were thriving at a time when, um, you know, racism and discrimination was, you know, really affecting black people's ability to thrive. But they were still, they they, they carved out a space for themselves, like a space of greatness. And, you know, Pennsylvania Avenue was a stop on the Chitlin Circuit, right? And this is is a ring of uh, theaters where black folks, you know, they could perform. So you got uh, the Apollo Theater, the Howard Theater, you know, all a part of the same ring. And we had to stop. Could walk in the front door. The front there door. Okay, no go. back door service, no back right? <laughs> and so we had to stop right and here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The royalty. I mean that history. Absolutely, is right? Yeah. And so when we talk about reviving Pennsylvania Avenue, we are looking at its heyday, right? Yeah, and yeah. you know what I mean? This is this is many years ago, but how can we look back towards that past mm-hmm. while also reaching towards the future and kind of bridge that yeah. gap? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And really move towards a space that can be revitalized, that can be healthy, that can be safe, that can be clean, that can yeah. be green, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, something that is vibrant for 
our young people of tomorrow. And, you know and, I, and I love it. And so, and so how, and how can how can folks be get involved? Is there something they can Absolutely. follow a website? A, a yes. Hat? So yeah. we're actually doing our brand launch February the sixteenth. Ah. Right. Tell Shout out again. to Black History Month. February sixteenth at the illustrious Shake and Bake Family Fun Center. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing our official brand launch, mm-hmm. and so the website is launching. The social media is already active, so you can follow us at Official Black Arts District on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to be talking a lot about what is coming down the pike, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want to connect and meet the team. Um, I didn't even say that I'm the executive director of this uh, institution, but I am. I we did. Hey. You're the leader. You're the, I you're mean, the trailblazer. I, you don't want to push it through. You know, just in case anybody missed it. Yes. Uh, yep, we in the building. So y'all should come through February 16th, shake and bake. Uh, what time? Five to seven. Five to seven. Yes. Is, it, is it free? Does it cost money? So it, it if you want to come skate and bowl with us, which you should, it's only a dollar. Oh, okay. It's only a dollar. Yeah. So everybody come through. Bring your kids. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. The show about tomorrow. Definitely. Hey, just chiming back in with you guys. The show about tomorrow. We're discussing the future of black families in Baltimore. Right. We're collaborating with the Legacy Alliance, Morgan State School of Urban Social Work. We got Lady Breon. She's talking about the Black Arts District and the movement and the work of ensuring that the representation of black arts is powerful in the city of Baltimore with such culture, such history. And so same thing with you, Easy. Tell us just a little bit about what you think about this, because we're going to get to what you're doing right now. But mm-hmm. as an artist in the city, mm-hmm. as a person who's been engaged uh, in this movement of arts, and we know that there's a revolution happening in uh, this. Tell me what it should, what it feels like to you. Um, I mean, from day one, Breon knows I've been, I've been game. Like yes. I was, I was working at the Real News Network um, <clears throat> when she first, you know, brought this up and you know, in discussion, and it happened. So I was covering what was going on post Ghost Ship and what happened with the Bell Foundry getting shut down mm-hmm. and this mayor's arts task force. So when Breon brought it up, I just immediately like afterwards pulled up and I was like let me know like every step of this yeah. because you know I I grew up my mother was a poet um, and just very proud of Baltimore's artistic history so I always learned about you know all these stories you know what I mean about you know the time Red Fox showed up yeah. you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, all these stories yeah, yeah. are if you grew up in West Baltimore or anywhere near Pennsylvania Avenue these stories are a part of your life Wow. you know what I mean like you, this is your history your lineage mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so I was super excited and, I, and I'm and i very proud to see that it's a, a real thing right now you yeah, know what I mean yeah, like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm trying to Figure out how I can make sure I buy me a house over there before it get too yeah crazy. right 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 because of course yeah. we know of course we know that gentrification is sweeping through the city like wildfire yep. so that's also a part of why what you're doing is such an important thing Absolutely. it's such a beautiful thing and uh, you know we know as as young leaders in this city by the grace of God everything that we're doing is connected to the generation coming behind us. Oh yeah, And sure. I know working, doing work for uh, over 15 years with LTYC, putting leadership in mm-hmm. arts education in schools and programs across the city, is that young people are hungry for arts education. They're hungry for a voice. They're hungry for an ability to communicate uh, through a medium that's important. So we're gonna keep going. Uh, let me ask this. Tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing right now, Easy. Separate from uh, being uh, a wonderful artist and communicator in this in this city, what projects or special projects are you currently working on? Um, trying to stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> Day one. Show about tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, 
Uh, I'm, we we are launching a little record label together. Okay. Not just a record label, but um, uh, a collective, a family, if you will, mm -hmm. of artists from Baltimore um, that represent the diverse creativity that exists here. Mm -hmm. So you know, me having been on the on the scene for you know some years now. I started noticing that, you know, just one of the differences from us and other cities that have been recognized for their music is that we have not introduced the world to a collective, yeah. a family, a group of artists that, you know, you can, you know, get into and rec and really to together show, you know, kind of what uh, the Dungeon family did for Atlanta and, yeah. you know, yeah. places like that. So yeah. uh, right now, just at the ground level, getting things in place. Um, and talking to artists and what's the name of your company? Epic Fam. Epic Fam. Epic Fam. Epic Fam. Epic Fam. Yeah. How are we yeah. spelling that? Epic Fam. E P I C F A M. Okay, with that. Every person is coming from a memory. Wow. Wow. So, wow. Wow. Uh, it's just a vision that you know that kind of came to me a few years ago, mm -hmm. and um, you know just never left. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Thankful, you know, for you coming on and, and, mm -hmm. and helping me push this thing. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we just. Got back from New York yesterday, having some important conversations, um, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah. The and the music and the music pushes because music speaks yeah. uh, across a, a breadth of languages, across a breadth of you know social economic backgrounds, race, colors, yeah. creed. Yeah, music it's the soundtrack to our lives. You know what I mean? So 100%. it's like you know you you always have songs that you remember where you were. When it came out, right, what was right, going on? Right. Who was in the room? Who was with you? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. What dance he was doing? Yeah, what <laughs> dance he was doing? What it smelled like? Right. You know what I mean? You, what, what your gear was? What, yeah. what you had? What you wear? Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, you know, um, when you cried, you know, yeah, and all yeah. those, all those things. Music is always there to assist in that. So I always tell people, imagine your favorite movie, and now imagine it with no music. Yeah. Like yeah. no 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 background music, no transition yeah. music, no sex, no sex. There's there's uh, there's that movie No Country for Old Men, uh -huh. and apparently it has no music in it. Yeah, but it's so intense it's yeah. that yeah. you don't yeah. even no. notice. Like you just right. watch it, right. and it's like it's you don't even realize it. And I and I think it's it's almost impossible to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So and you were talking about music. You had off the cuff earlier. You were kind of just doing a little a little song for us on the <laughs> show about tomorrow. No, we got we were supposed to open with it. Oh, we were right. supposed to open with to, that show. How, to, how to go? Oh, we'll, we'll we'll cover that in the deep. Way. Okay, okay. In the deep way. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something. Yeah, I thought she was going to bring it in because it was like a chance. Yeah, it was like I'll be here if you need a dollar tomorrow. It's the show about tomorrow. I'm a Sinatra fan. Oh wow! Oh, you know one of the greats. One of the greats. One of the greats for sure. So we want to talk a little bit about the trivia. So okay. give us give us some little bit about you know what that looks like right now. You know, in the show about tomorrow, guys. We're going to be hitting you guys with a lot in reference to. Uh, how the culture in the Baltimore, whether now in the past, and what's going to you know promote for the future. Mm -hmm. and it's so, Black History Month. One hundred percent. So we got to have some Black well, History. Trivia. Well, it's Happy totally, Black History Month. Totally, totally. So what 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 you got for the people today as far as trivia? So we got some trivia there? questions here. Are we? Did we get anything about the Black Voices? Are anybody? Yeah, so we have a couple questions. So, okay. so one of them is, where did Baltimore go wrong in like the art sector? 
Like, where did we go wrong? Where did we go wrong? You want a whole other segment? Is what you Yeah, you want? Okay, so that's a whole segment for another show. But, DM me. Right. Uh, I personally don't feel. I feel like um, there was a moment where it kind of got low, like it was quiet. But I, I feel like right now, people, a lot of people are doing things. Oh, absolutely. Right. I think I feel like it's a right whole lot now, happening. And you know, and I feel like no, so no, no offense to whoever asked that question. Or maybe, you know, maybe you should come outside a little more now right. and but see what's happening. I because, think also... Because, no, really, there's so much going on. It is a whole on. lot happening. Yeah. I yeah. think that the larger structure doesn't recognize as much of this culture that kind of feels underground because yeah. it doesn't get the, the larger recognition. So I think Bingo. some of the critiques coming from the Black Arts District is at an institutional level rather than what the amazing creatives all across Baltimore are already yeah. doing, particularly those who are Black people. Like, yeah. we here, we just ain't getting the recognition. Yeah. Which is why yeah, yeah. we here with the Black Artists. Yes, 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 right, yes. What, what else? What else we got? Oh, okay. Another one is what's the relationship between Black people and the arts? Like, really? Mm. It's innate. Yeah. Mm. When we wake yeah. up, we woke up like this. <laughs> like, it's innate. Yeah, it's ancient. It's like it is. It is who we are. The, the, you know what I mean? Um, to, from you know from our roots in Africa. Right? Absolutely. If you look at if you look at the way. People dance to trap music. It's very similar to how tribes danced, and you know all of that. Like mm-hmm. twerking is. I seen a video. I swear they was doing club mix dances, but it was like yeah. in <laughs> Africa, and I was just like, "Oh, this is." Yep. This is it. Twerking. We, is we've been twerking connection. for centuries, forever. So the relationship not is like. You know, this relationship is like, <laughs> you know, bread and butter. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, Ice and water. <laughs> yeah. Obey and hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Right. Okay. That's it. All right. So let's get some trivia. We're going to throw some trivia out there. Uh, I like this one. This one of my favorite to answer. But who was the first African-American to build a billion-dollar company? Who knows? We're putting that out that's, there to you. That's, that's for y'all online. Who knows the answer? Okay. You, want, you want to go through all three of them? Give, give them one more. Give them one okay, more. This, the second one. Actually, I like this. Let's just do yeah, all three. Let's just do all three. Let's do all three. Okay. Okay. The second okay. one is, what is the longest running African-American only newspaper in the U.S.? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, three. Where, where was the first... AME, and this is the church I grew up in, African American Episcopal. Episcopal. Uh, where was the first AME annual conference held and when? Wow. Wow. So we're going to put those questions out to you guys. Uh, you have it. No, don't. It. Now think about it. Of course, we, will want, we want folks to know it. It'll be beautiful. But of course, you're going to cheat and research and Google it and try to get the answers. But give it back to us. And you don't know. They might know. They, they might have been some of y'all. No, they going to Google it. Watch this. They going to do it. going to be a lot. But please tune in with the answers. So. Might have been there with the knowledge. Yes. Yes. So uh, what we want to do is right now, we're going to move to. Our, our Legacy Alliance folks today. Uh, Mr. Richard Norman, uh, we're gonna ask him to come in to, the, to, to our table and talk about the work of the Legacy Alliance and uh, what we're doing right now in the city of Baltimore and how the movement is particularly uh, derived, sorry, to touch young people, touch the culture of the city, bring families together and, and, and start and spearhead. Let us welcome Mr. Richard Norman to the show about tomorrow. The show about tomorrow. tomorrow. 
Le- All right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. The Legacy Alliance. Mr. Richard, it's such a, a, a wonderful blessing to have you here today to talk to us and talk with us about uh, the Legacy Alliance. Tell us, what is the Legacy Alliance? So simply stated, the Legacy Alliance uh, is uh, a group that came together because black-led child welfare uh, agencies realized that coming down the road for us, uh, these black-led agencies who had a special relationship with um, uh, black children and families in Baltimore City, uh, that we were about to be squeezed. We were going to be subjected to larger forces that had the potential to wipe us out. So we decided that uh, we needed to uh, engage in some uh, collective action. So we came together as a legacy alliance. The legacy part speaks to the fact that all of these agencies were founded specifically to be a presence in the lives of black children and families in the foster care system. What kind of agencies you talking about? Well, they were child welfare agencies. Give us an example of a well, child. Well, a child welfare agency is an agency that serves uh, children and families in the foster care system. Okay. So okay. that's kind of the definition of child welfare. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, so uh, these agencies were all founded with a mission that was really focused on these uh, frequently poorly served and misserved uh, African-American children and families. Mm -hmm. So we did join hands uh, after founding with the larger community, but we were always a subgroup. And uh, so we decided to exploit our affinity, our relationship as black leg organizations and to um, establish a voice, yeah. a presence yeah. as the Legacy Alliance. So um, uh, shortly after we decided that, we reached out to Morgan State University uh, because we realized that this collective impact required a certain kind of uh, membership, not just agencies, all legitimate, licensed, really effective, um, but also we needed to include um, key institutions. Mm-hmm. And what better than Morgan University, which uh, I'm an alum of Morgan, and I realize the rich history um, that Morgan represents uh, in Baltimore and indeed in the country Mm -hmm. as an institution that has fostered, uh, nurtured greatness, great black people um, uh, that have had an impact around the country. And so uh, we reached out to Morgan and they welcomed us with open arms because Morgan has an urban orientation. Again, it's a restatement of this mission as it relates to the lives of uh, black families and children's, children and communities. Yeah, yeah. So that was a natural connection. And um, so uh, in a thumbnail uh, kind of sketch, that's the Legacy Alliance. So tell, so tell us why would they be wanting to listen to you? What have you done in this city? <laughs> tell us about what you've done here now. Talk about yourself a little bit and your work with uh, all these years of being a, a trailblazer in the community. You know, why is that important? Well, uh, 
first and foremost, uh, I'm just a ordinary social worker, uh, a family member mm -hmm. who has committed himself to this work. Yeah. And that attracted other people of uh, similar uh, orientation. And so we were all listening to somebody who has gone forward, mm -hmm. Ross, yes. Ford, yes, Ross Ford, a giant in Baltimore. He was a social worker, but he was an innovator. He was an entrepreneur. He was uh, a revolutionary in his own way. Yes, he was. And we were all really under his sway. We were all... <laughs> We were all in his life, and he inspired us. I'm still, I'm still under his sweat. Listen, we all are. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, promulgated models, approaches, methods of working with families that did something very unique in terms of all of this uh, so-called clinical work, and I won't belabor it, but he uh, realized that in order to work effectively, especially with African-American people, but not exclusively, who were uh, socioeconomically deprived and marginalized, mm -hmm. that you had to first level the playing field. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, mm -hmm. had to you had to fully humanize them mm -hmm. and fully empower them yeah. to actually be a part of whatever solutions that you were you were uh, uh, going to come up with together to change their lives. And, and the humanizing part of it is so important. And even what you were talking about early, earlier, Bree, with your uh, leading of the Black Arts District, and mm -hmm. even you, Easy, talking about your movement in the city with collective of artists. Sometimes humanizing them comes down to meeting folks where they are, what their needs are, and what their interests are. Sometimes we condescend the community. We talk down to them as if. The folks in leadership and influence know everything. Absolutely. We have to get artistic expression also pulls out from a person what's inside of them and allows us to shape it. So the humanizing part is really powerful, what you're saying. Say some more about how the Legacy Alliance is working now with Morgan in the community to humanize the needs and not look at young people and families as just a number, as just another uh, document coming across a desk. Absolutely. So. I'll use as an example a project that my agency has the privilege to uh, implement right now. And What's that agency? Uh, the Martin Pollock Project. Martin Pollock Treatment Foster Care <laughs> Agency, yes. So um, we had the privilege of uh, actually being funded to mount a project in Sandtown, Winchester. So uh, as those of you who are from Baltimore know, Sandtown, Winchester uh, can be the poster child for everything that's wrong in Baltimore City and even the country if it's negative and people are talking about black communities. Um, I will tell you though, um, just as you were saying earlier, uh, Lady Bree, there's something else going on there. It's yeah. powerful, it's exactly. vibrant, it's yes, resilient, yes, yes, um, it's continuous, and it's the family life. Yeah. So we've had the privilege of uh, being part of uh, a program there. And um, what happens when we deliver our services um, on a twice-weekly basis is I'm having an opportunity to be with people who live in the community. And I'm telling you, I'm more than impressed, I'm in awe mm. of what they have going on day to day, week to week, because they are really living life in a very vibrant way. 
And it's the collective impact coming in and fully humanizing them so we can catalyze what they already have going yeah. by what we're bringing, which is not the biggest or the best part. Right. It's actually the part that helps to unleash their voices and their capability to actually articulate the need, set us up as professionals to be responsive and attuned mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to what they are saying they need, and then give them voice in directing how we build, sustain, nurture that so that it is something that they own in community. Yes. Um, and see, that's been the problem with services. Mm -hmm. There's always been a patronizing professionals looking down at yeah, communities yeah, yeah, and yeah. even clinicians having yeah. some notion in their heads that these people are a problem right right <laughs> instead of lifting up their strengths and then connecting with that to find the solution and you said something important right on what mr jackson talked about earlier which is folks you know we're pointing a lot of pointing fingers, a lot yeah. of, you know, Captain Obvious is in the room mm -hmm. talking about what we see. Nobody's willing to do the work, put their hands right. down, get dirty, right. roll up their right. sleeves, and right. whatever that means to you. Rolling up your sleeves, family, that can mean anything to, towards what your strengths are, because we always want to stay strengths-based, which is the model we teach. And we understand that that could be Black Arts District. You could be leading a revolution on artists and entertainment and media. You could be doing Legacy Alliance, or it could be just like Jackson said earlier, with just, hey, let's clean up your neighborhood. Yep. Let's pay attention to the kids in the community. Let's give them a word of admonishment. Let's tell them that they're brilliant. Let's tell them that they're beautiful. Let's tell them that they're awesome. Let's tell them that they're amazing. This is what we're doing as a black culture moving Baltimore forward because it seems as if leadership over the last decades have become sidetracked with other dynamics that we want to bring it back to a grassroots approach and let all of us have a hand in building our tomorrow for our young people. Right. I'm gonna check. I wanna just stop and check in real quick on yes. the trivia questions. We got any 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 responses to the trivia? No, but we do have a question. Yes, okay. what's the question? question? Okay, so um, how can we better serve the next generation of African Americans? Basically. Well, um, first of all, uh, connecting to <laughs> this group. This group actually represents uh, leadership availability. Um, uh, and a great deal of commitment to make sure that those voices coming behind are heard, that they're nurtured, they're accepted, um, safe spaces for emergence of their creativity and application of their uh, intelligences. The other piece I'd say is this. Um, we have to facilitate uh, the voice, the active voice of families in the community. Mm. Families are the building blocks of communities. Yeah. The families have been persevering, but we've got to collaborate with them to advance their ability to bring their voices to bear on the education system, on the juvenile justice, on the arts that are available to the kids routinely. Yeah, I love um, routinely. I yeah, love routinely. Yeah, it's I been taken out of their lives. Yeah. So. Those are some of the answers. I would certainly welcome uh, further conversations with folk about that. We have limited time. I'd like to say one other thing, though, very quickly. We do have a true coalition dedicated to collective impact. Yeah. It's multi-generational. It's multi-racial. It's um, uh, multiple identities of all kinds. So accessible, welcoming. And uh, collaboration is our lifeblood. 
This yeah. thing has to be fueled by a commitment to collaboration to be successful. I love what you're saying, Mr. Richard, and thank you so much for being here. Before we before we let you go, uh, definitely want to remind folks again. You're watching the show about tomorrow. This is a collaboration with the Legacy Alliance led by the founder of the Legacy Alliance. We have him here today, Mr. Richard Norman. We're working with the School of Urban Social Work. We want to thank the Afro LTYC from Baltimore with love. We want to also let you know that every month we're also releasing a column in the Afro called about tomorrow. It is the segment that's a, a continuation of the show about tomorrow in this first column for February, uh, Black History Month. We spearheaded it with Mr. Richard Norman writing the first column. So, Mr. Richard, tell us about just a little bit of what folks could look forward to if they check out the column. What was the basic content? What kind of foundation you laid for the work that you're leading? So, the column was an effort to um, uh, just inform people about the existence of the Legacy Alliance and uh, really connect them to its uh, reason for being, mm. uh, which is to promote uh, the future of black families in Baltimore. Now, that future is standing on a present, which I say is vibrant, it's vital, it's alive and well, and we've got to lift it up. The article also wanted to emphasize the connection with Morgan State University and the importance of that. Um, and, and finally, it attempted to say something about the philosophy of working together and the importance of collaboration to, um, uh, to bring uh, for all of us, not just the people that we're working with, but for the entire city, um, a quality of life that can feed and sustain um, and heighten our ability to achieve all of our capabilities as a people, African American and citizens of Baltimore and the region. And, 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 and it's really brilliant, Mr. Richard, what you're doing. You, you know, you've always been, and since I've met you, uh, and probably before I met you, clearly, <laughs> an awesome and brilliant man, very uh, strategic, very intentional. You work hard, you believe in the people you lead, you believe in the young people, you believe in the work of this city. And the, the, point, the word that you, 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 you put out that's very interesting because it also speaks to the work that Lady Breon's doing, the, the, the movement and, and work that Easy is doing. You said collaboration. And all my life uh, I've known and, and read the history of Baltimore. Baltimore's always been a city of neighborhoods. It's very sectionalized and moves in a way that creates a lot of division. You can be on one street and experience one thing and go two blocks over and it's a total different energy. And what we're doing right now and what you're doing with leading this, this cause of the Legacy Alliance and even the work that these two wonderful people are doing, you know, it's time to break that up, guys. It's time to work more. To, we can get a lot more done together than we can separate. I'm gonna yeah. say it again, we can do a lot more together than we can separate. Yeah, it's that old saying, like, you know, no no man is an island, no. you know? <laughs> right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, you you, got, like you, you have to, and, and you see this a lot of times, you know, people who get in this place where somewhere in their work or somewhere in their, you know, creativity, they got hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they were let down or disappointed. Mm -hmm. And then now to them, the whole city is that one thing that happened to them. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, I, I posted something about a show, I think, or something like that. 
And um, no, I mentioned, no, I know what it was. I mentioned Baltimore. I was like, who's got new music from Baltimore out? Because mm-hmm. it was the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to, you know, I was trying to muster up good energy. So yeah. I was like, I'm listening to nothing but Baltimore. <laughs> By the way, we still, we still love you, Ravens. We know it's tough. Oh, yeah, we'll be back. We, be we back. thought y'all was going to be in it tomorrow. We, we was excited, but we'll be back. Hey. Big trust. Right, right. Big trust. Big trust. But anyway, somebody commented and said, um, you know, I'm not, I don't support Baltimore hip hop anymore, whatever, whatever. And so I just kind of ignored the comment because that had nothing to do with what I was asking. You know what I'm saying? But then they, they messaged me and they told me a story about how like a rapper... They really did, wanted you to know this. They wanted me to know that this rapper did something wrong to them. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? And I was like, well... There's a lot of us out here that won't do that. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, in for a hug, bro. Like, right, 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 right. But this hurt now has caused her to say, well, I'm not I'm not supporting any Baltimore oh. about anymore. But that happens. It happens in activism. It world. does. It, ha- it happens it's in sweet. politics. It happens in every sector. And people forget that in collaboration, there's going to be some... You know, trials and tribulations. You know, you can't collaborate with everybody. That doesn't mean you stop collaborating. Right. Right. Because then you've forgotten the mission Mm -hmm. because you got distracted by what comes with the territory. I mean, that's so real. And people forget, like, this work that we're talking about is led by people, by human beings. Imperfect. Imperfect. There will be errors. We are fallible. Yeah. But I think it's also about the, like, intentional practices we have about, like, making sure that we create space for healing that we create, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, spaces yeah. for mm-hmm. people to really like air out grievances and come to a place of reconciliation and move forward. Like, I think too often in the world of activism, politics, whatever, it's so like focused on the work and it's so cutthroat that we don't make space for that as a part of the process. Right. Yeah, and when you're talking about black people, you're talking about people who inherently, because of our condition in this country, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we come from a place of trauma. Everybody yeah. has these spaces yeah. where we're broken and we're hurting. Yeah. And so sometimes people are acting out because of that trauma, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. where they are. And so yeah. if we don't make space for healing, space for reconciliation, we can't move forward in the yeah. work. So and your reconciliation, that's, really that's I mean, your reconciliation is blowing me away because again, what you're, what, you're, what you're leading as a part of the, you know, the Legacy Alliance is about reconciliation. It's reconciling Absolutely. all of the child welfare agencies that are led by minorities to come together. And then the reconciliation of healing is important, too, for the city, is that we, again, stop seeing each other as separate and right. start seeing each other as together. Right. Esteem your brother, esteem your sister as yourself or higher than yourself and get some work done. We can't keep pointing at the murder rates. We can't keep pointing Mm, at the Mm. issues in politics. We can't keep pointing to these matters and nobody's willing to stand in the gap, make up the hedge and say, listen, let's get it done. Let's do everything we can do and work together with love, with the L-O-V-E. Mr. Richard, thank you so much for your time today with us. Yes, yes. The column is gonna be every month uh, it's going to be uh, broadcast to print, but for this month, we started with the column as a part of the Black Voices and the later foundation of the work of the Legacy Alliance, Morgan, LTYC, the two wonderful people sitting to my left and right, and everything that these 
folks are doing in the city to love on our families and love on our right. children and love on the community and even love on the people, like you said, that are leading and have let us down, have made some decisions. And you love that, too. Yeah, it's lovely at the oh time. yeah, yeah. We're not pointing fingers. This Absolutely. is about this is about shaking hands, hugging necks, kissing right. babies, giving daps. Everything <laughs> is connected yes, to that movement. Yes, so yes, you know, uh, we have another question that came in. Yeah. So what should black well, what should the black community focus on in twenty twenty? <laughs> That's very Go. broad. Wow. Go. I, I'm going okay. to spark that one. I think the black community, and again, we're talking about the future of black families in Baltimore, guys. I think that what we need to do again in 2020, I think we've all said a little bit about it, and that's unify. I think here in Baltimore, the first thing we need to do is we have to literally understand that constituents, that folks that make up the tax-paying population, folks that make up the workforce, are the leaders of the city. We have to go in back into an inverted model. In our country, we've adopted this idea that when you, again, have the platform, you have the title before or the letters before or after your name, you have the prestige, you sit on a high and mighty throne, that you make all the decisions for everybody, mm -hmm. and then we're all just marching and falling in line and paying attention. No, let us all get involved. If we have a unity here, right? And I think the work of 2020, again, for Baltimore, is that we break up this notion of the separate the sectionalism geared from communities, geared from neighborhoods, and geared from each business. As Mr. Richard just talked about, he's working to bring black leaders that do similar or the same work together and not just feeling like isolated on this side, you're isolated on that side. You're doing it with arts artists in particular. You're doing it with a movement of making sure that the black voice is heard in conjunction. So I think for the 2020, man, we got to stick together, man. Yeah. The only way we're going to do it is through ourselves. And I think part of that, too, is uh, recognizing ourselves as not a monolith, right? Yeah. Like, we always talk about the black community as if everybody is the same, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, no, like, some some black people can't dance, and some people... Like, <laughs> that was your example? <laughs> some yeah, black people, hilarious. Some okay. black people, you smoke Marlboro's, right. you know what I mean? Okay. It's like... <laughs> You know, some of us live uh, in the nice part of Belvedere, uh, <laughs> and some of us are on Green Mountain 22nd. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, there are different, <laughs> once we recognize that we are so different and yes. so colorful and yes. so, you know, have so many different experiences, then we can really start having conversations, you know what I mean, about what it is, what our priorities should be. Because what your priority is, you know, in that side of the town or side of the world might not be mine. Yeah. But there's definitely some some similarity or some opportunity to work together. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that the, the methodology for achieving whatever it is working towards doesn't have to always be the same, but if the overarching, like, we're all working towards a better, more healthy, more successful yeah. city, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. if we understand what that looks like, mm -hmm. I think that the different approaches that different communities take or different organizations take, that's fine. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. they don't have to be identical because you serve different communities. You have mm -hmm. different constituencies, and that's okay, but I think coming together with a collective like, master plan, if yeah. you will for how we're yeah. going to move forward is what that like collectiveness looks like you yeah. know what i'm saying mm -hmm. but you can't say that we're working towards unity when it's like the end goal for some people is very different yeah. and for some it's so self-centered that it 
inevitably like you know what I mean means that we can't we can't yeah. collab you know what yeah. I mean so and it's, and it's, I mean listen you, you guys are touching me I mean this day is monumental in and of itself that we've gotten all these brilliant people together here today to put this energy and this influence out in the community again we're thankful for the afro we're thankful for legacy alliance uh, as we as we're going to close out the show, uh, easy. You'll be leading every show out. Bangal culture Bangal segment. moment, yeah. But, but, but I want to say before we, we before mm-hmm. I throw to you, if you if you allow, it's just uh, it's allowed. It's allowed. <laughs> thank you. It's just it's a, it's a, it's a part. How of, would you wait till I'm drinking? You spit the water all over that. So the thing about it, you and I talked about it over the uh-huh. weekend, um, and, and 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 during during the week. You know, last weekend it was very important to me, and especially with the work that you're doing, especially with the work that Richard Norman uh, and the Legacy Alliance is doing, I wanted to get, you know, I needed something to push me for 2020 because I'm so excited about the year, so excited about the work that everyone's doing, the love that the city has. And so I, I, I jumped on the plane last minute, booked the flight on Thursday, last Thursday to get to Memphis. And I wanted to get to Memphis to be able to uh, explore options uh, for movements and look at the work of uh, Dr. King. And I went to the Lorraine Motel because of the week that we celebrated Dr. King's uh, 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 day last week. And so I got to, to Memphis to really be pushed by some of the work in that collective movement and got there and went to that Civil Rights Museum. And I was touched by not only being there in that space and remembering and seeing the videos and seeing all of the, the different exhibits connected to Dr. King's movement down there uh, in the South and the uh, the Christian leaders, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And guess what? They were a group of men who came from different walks of life in the South and came together and collaborated. And I thought about how often folks need a platform in the movement of Dr. King, uh, the platform that he had was that the revolution was gonna be televised. He was gonna connect to the people that needed it the most and he was gonna do it with unity and with love. And it touched me that over that same weekend as I was thinking about how impactful the, the recidivism of that work would have been had Dr. King not died and how we celebrate people. Sometimes we have to look unfortunately into the work that they left because we don't pay attention to the work that they're doing while they're around. So I want to throw to you as we're leaving. Of course, in that same weekend, we lost brother Kobe Bean Bryant and his daughter and seven other people uh, in a tragic accident. And uh, it, it made me start thinking easy, like how many people in our day and just in general have been gone and lost uh, in their prime and we felt like before that time. So moment in a minute for us. Yeah, moment in a minute. Uh Kobe Bryant, of course, I think uh, is symbolic, young, only 41 years old. Um, For us locally, only two days prior to that, um, rapper from the city named D. Dave was murdered. Yeah. Um, And so that weekend was like, you know, I I, I personally will never forget it. I think for us, um, it was wild. We we were, uh, we pit fights as a rap battle league and they were having battles. Awesome battles too. Um, over, over over where I stayed at the compound and um and we were you know waiting for they had the Baltimore rookies and the DC rookies battling and I was mm-hmm. waiting for the DC rookies to show up and somebody was just like yo Kobe's dead and it's like as if we were already like you know people still hurt from D Dave a couple yeah. of days ago and then boom um so I think it's it's interesting to look at what people do or have done up until that point and what's said about you after the fact, right? Because, yeah. you know, we lose we lose lives all the time and we never really want to talk about 
the lives that get lost uh, during doing the negative. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We kind of like glaze over that, but it's an extra hurt yeah. when you got a positive brother like D-Dave, five o'clock in the morning, about to catch a plane to Atlanta to perform rap career on his way. Yeah. Uh, and then he's gunned down. And then a couple of days later, we get young 41-year-old Kobe Bryant, a legend that who knows what he could have done or was going to do post-retirement. Post First athlete to win an Oscar yeah, coming out. I mean, Oscar, Oscar, you know, Oscar winner. Um, just uh, now an awesome example of fatherhood. Yes. You know, now you have the hashtag girl dad and all of yes, us that yes, have yes, daughters yes, yes. are, you know, clinging a little tighter to them. Mm -hmm. um, I just I just think it speaks volumes to purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when, when people recognize what that purpose is and they lock in and they don't let anybody you know, uh, sway them from that. I think one of the things people didn't like about Kobe, if they weren't a fan of his, was his unwillingness to like uh, negotiate winning. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He was, like, he was so he was so he was so focused on it that it didn't matter. We could have been friends for 20 years. Once you mess up, I can't. You know what I mean? We're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so like give us another give us um, another person that you think maybe Kobe throw the breed that has to be leaving out. Um, we were me and Lady Brown was throwing around five, and you know, okay. one that we were talking about five significant people. Definitely Biggie and Pop. Okay. Um, um, I would say Pop a little more than Biggie in the sense that he was. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, he was, you know, he was definitely a, a more activist. Um, that's that's because the shade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try to slide on the shade. Biggie came back. Watch your mouth. Not me. Um, Nipsey Hussle, we lost last last year. Yeah. Um, I think that was definitely somebody who left way too soon for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. We talked about, we, got a couple we threw some names out. Aaliyah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Aaliyah. Uh -huh. I said Whitney. Yeah. Um, shocking, <laughs> shocking. You know what I mean? I uh, I was thinking about, this Black History Month, so I was thinking about Fred Hampton. Yeah. Like, he was so, so, yeah. so young. Yeah. And he was really doing amazing work for the Black Panther Party. Yeah. And then he gets, like, in a shootout with the police. Like, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I mean, life on that same level, tragedy. you got Stokely Carmichael. You got, in that whole 60s, you got Megan Evers. You had, you know, Malcolm. You had Martins. Yeah, I think the, I think the, a, a Leah thing shot me uh, at the time the, the left eye you know yeah. down in the accident we talk about pop culture yep. I, I'm not sure if there's one that hit us uh, it's more shocking and in more way in our generation, even being in Memphis this weekend, thinking about Otis Redding and that 26-year-old uh, musical genius that he was died in that plane crash. We had Aaliyah in a similar you know, tragedy, and then now Kobe, his daughter, and that family. So we send our hearts and prayers, condolences out there, Absolutely. right here from the show about tomorrow. We love everybody. We love this city. We got to stop the violence. We got to love each other. Let's stay unified and connected. Tune in next first Saturday. We'll be here every first Saturday at 1 p.m. to be with you and talk with you and yeah. engage with you. Have a column every month. Uh, keep your eye out. Look for us. Follow us. And we'll be here. Uh, thank thank you for tuning in today. Thank you. God bless. Yeah. The show yeah. about tomorrow. Yeah. yeah.